Today is actually the eighth day of Christmas, uh, which is actually the celebration of the circumcision of our Lord, but I decided that wasn't going to be the theme of today's sermon. You're welcome. Uh, instead, today we celebrate Epiphany, which literally trans mean, uh, translates to or means manifestation or uh, something revealed, a revelation. So if you've seen the cartoons where the character suddenly has a good idea and you see this light bulb turn on above their head, that is a demonstration of an epiphany. So for the church, the good idea, this revelation, is that Jesus was born to be the Savior of all people, not just those of Jewish descent. And we see that revelation in the story from Matthew chapter 2, which we just read. The arrival of the wise men at the house where Jesus lived, where they offered him kingly gifts and worshipped him in faith. And from this account, it's clear that, well, faith was a gift that wasn't just reserved for the children of Abraham. That God's love was not limited only to his chosen people of the Old Testament. Jesus came for all. Now, it's tradition, much to my chagrin, to pull the wise men, to pull the magi into the nativity scene. I even kind of did it in the painting, but they're in a distance, so that was, my, that was the way I did it. Uh, but we, we pull them into the nativity scene, we entrench them in, in the manger area in our Christmas narrative, but more than likely, we know that they probably didn't even start packing their bags until after Jesus was born. But there's a reason why we do that. See, the Magi's journey to Bethlehem signifies the nations, the Gentiles, coming to Christ. That's why wise men appear in Christmas plays and nativity sets, because it communicates the expansion of God's love, that Jesus came for all people. And for that reason, Epiphany is commonly called the Christmas of the Gentiles. And it's the fulfillment of our Old Testament lesson today when it says, Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth of the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah and all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Some of those locations, Midian, Ephah, and Sheba, those are all not Israelite areas. That's Gentile land. And it's communicating to us that these others are going to understand that Jesus is the Christ and worship him in faith. So as we talk about the Epiphany story, we're going to explore Specifically, how these magi came to worship Jesus. And then how we today come to worship Jesus. And how we are called to lead others to worship him as well. Now we know from the scriptures that these wise men came from the east to worship the Christ child. The word who became flesh and dwelt with us. right? The, the toddler God. And they traveled in faith. Following the star and trusting in God's word. And when they arrived, they beheld a true mystery, the mystery of the incarnation, God with us. But how do they know? How did they know 
about the arrival of the Messiah. How did they know about a Messiah in the first place? Well, first, the word magi refers to a group of people who uh, had great knowledge through study, right? They, they studied hard. They knew about all kinds of medicines and the movements of the sun and moon and stars. And they knew a lot about nature in general. They were studied in the prophecies and the literature of various religions. So more than likely, they had learned about the coming Messiah from Judah's time in exile, all the way back with Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. During that time of exile, when God's people were in Babylon. And that's when they became aware of this Old Testament prophecy from Numbers, which says, a star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel. And so they followed this star to find the one who had been born king of the Jews. But before the star shone in the sky, another light shone upon them and revealed the truth of the Savior. And that light by which they knew about Christ's birth was this. It was the word of God. Their revelation, their knowledge, their trip, all of it took place because the word of God had been preached and proclaimed. They came to worship the Savior King Jesus in faith because of what, as Paul tells us, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So now we know how the Magi came to see and to worship Jesus. They had heard the scripture of prophecy and they had a star to lead them. And this gives us great insight into how we come to know Jesus. Scripture is pretty clear that apart from Christ, we are dead in transgressions, unable to improve our spiritual condition. Right? Luther talks about it, and we cannot come to God by our own reason or strength, nor can we continue in him by our own efforts. And so the wise men, they were able to be wise about many, many things, but if they hadn't heard God's word, they would have no idea that a Messiah was coming, let alone that the Messiah was coming to save them. Same way with us. We can, be, we can know a great many things, but without God's word of promise proclaimed to us, We'd have no idea, no way of knowing the good news of salvation, right? On our own, we are lost and condemned people, spiritually dead and unable to come to him. It's like a cadaver on the table, right? There's nothing a corpse can do to bring themselves back to life. They need something outside of themselves, right? They need the, the paddles. And so it is in our spiritual state. There's nothing we can do to make ourselves spiritually alive. We need an external source. We need the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God. And so we come to faith, not through our own reasoning, but the Holy Spirit has called us by the gospel, enlightened us with his gifts, sanctified us, and kept us in the true faith. Right? The true through the word of God, proclaimed to us, heard by us. Life comes into our spiritually dead hearts and faith comes alive in us. We become like that cartoon character with the light bulb above their head. The light of God's word has revealed the truth to us. And that truth is that we need a savior and that we have a savior in Jesus Christ. 
So like the wise men, we come to faith through the power of God's Word, and like the wise men, we have a star. We have stars that lead us to Him. Of course, I'm not advocating astrology or horoscopes, certainly not. Our stars aren't found in the sky, but in people. By God's grace, He has placed people in our lives who lead us to Christ and show us what a faithful life looks like. When we're young, those stars are often our parents or grandparents who lead us to Christ by bringing us to church, by praying with us and praying for us, by reading scripture, Bible stories with us. Our teachers, pastors, DCEs, camp counselors, they've all served as stars that point us to Jesus. And when we're adults, we still see people who are like stars shining the way to Christ. They may be Bible study leaders who've impacted us tremendously. They may be fellow churchgoers who serve with generosity. They may be our own children or grandchildren. Those who do as Paul suggests to Timothy, to Timothy and they set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. So young and old alike, we are surrounded by stars that lead us to Jesus and share his word with us. And just as we have come to faith through the hearing of God's word and through the people God has placed in our lives, so now our calling is to be stars for others. And that calling starts at home. If you're a parent or a grandparent, you can lead your children to Jesus by bringing them to church, by making prayer and devotion a priority in your personal life as well as as a family. You can show by example what it means to love the Lord and to follow him. If you're a child, you can shine Christ's light into the lives of your parents and your siblings and your classmates and your friends by choosing selflessness by asking to be involved in youth group and in service events, by reading scripture and then asking questions about what you've read. Of course, this calling to shine like stars goes beyond the family and into our neighborhoods and communities and workplaces. It means to serve others well and to work faithfully and diligently to care for the people around you as those for whom Jesus died. Now, those are some very specific uh, ways on how we can shine like stars. But Scripture gives us probably the clearest and the very best way when it says this. It says, you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. How do we shine like stars? By holding firmly to God's word, which gives us new life. That's where our hope is renewed as we hear his promises. And that's where our anxiety is calmed as we see his power. That's where our joy is restored as we remember his victory over all things. Hold firm to the word and we will shine like stars. Now, as we consider the calling to lead others to Jesus, we would do well to ask ourselves if we've been faithful in that task. For parents, are we, are we leading our kids to Christ? Are we intentionally teaching them the faith? 
Or are we allowing the culture around them to shape their beliefs? In our interactions with our neighbors, do we love them with generosity? Do we know them at all? Or do we hide in our homes? In our workplaces, do we hold ourselves to a higher standard of excellence, working with dedication as if we were working for the Lord? Or do we just do the bare minimum? And when we ask those questions, the temptation for us is to self-justify, to convince ourselves that we, well, we're, we're good enough. But the reality is, is we aren't. Because there are times we failed to display our faith. Times we've failed to show Jesus' love. And we haven't always been that leading light for our family members or for our friends. And rather than shining like stars, there are times we have been content to be dim. And so where do we go? Where do we go when we find ourselves in the darkness of our own sin? And where can we find refuge from these accusations of the law? Well, we go to Jesus, who calls himself the light of the world. He knows the darkness of our human hearts. But he refuses to leave us that way. Instead, he, he shines his grace and his love into our darkness, cleansing us and forgiving us. Or as the psalmist says, You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. And God does that work of turning darkness to light through his son, Jesus through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. Jesus is that light who came from the Father to dispel the darkness of sin and death. On the cross, our sin was paid for. And our, when we have received grace and mercy and our failures have been washed away and we have been made new in the eyes of God, the darkness of our sin is gone and forgiven. And though in his sufferings, Jesus walked through the valley of the shadow of death, in his resurrection, he overcomes that shadow. And just like darkness flees when you turn on the light, so sin and death are undone by the light of Jesus. And now by his spirit and through his word, he calls to you and to me out of darkness and into his marvelous light. By Christ's death on the cross, he has won our forgiveness. By his word, he delivers our forgiveness. By one another, he announces our forgiveness. And that gift of grace is what turns darkened hearts into light. What we celebrate on Christmas and on Epiphany is that Jesus is the light of the world and that he has come for all nations, for Jew and for Gentile, for you and for me. We celebrate that the words of Isaiah are true for us here today when it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. You see, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Amen. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this gift that you have sent to us in Jesus Christ, that he would reveal 
your love and your grace to all nations for us today. Lord, help us to receive that light and also to to be radiant in that light, to radiate that light to others, that they would also see your love and know that you came to save them too. All these things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.